0: We're having this huge disconnect and you called out how much money is left on the table. I cannot express enough. The question I get so much is when should I invest in ops and should I? It's hell fucking yes, you should invest in ops and you should always do it earlier than you think because every problem we're talking about, this gets so much worse.
1: You're listening to Oh Shit I'm the Boss Now with your host Jackie Coke, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I am Jackie Coke, your host, and today we are digging into a topic that is so near and dear to my heart because it's something I talk about all the time with clients and is one of the Hands down, biggest struggles that people have in their business, that people have in their teams that they think is an HR issue. And it's actually an operational issue that should be solved by somebody on your ops team, your manager specifically. And a lot of times you don't have that role on the team just because of your size. And that is where Leah Garvin, my guest comes in. Leah is the best selling author of Unstuck. She is a TEDx speaker, host of the top podcast, Managing Made Simple, and team operations consultant. And she's worked with teams and she has experienced leading team operations across Google, Microsoft, Apple, and Bank of America. As the founder of the Workplace Reframe business consulting firm, Leah uses the lens of disruption without destruction to equip innovative organizations of any size and industry with the tools to cultivate inclusive, motivated, high-performing teams that results in higher retention, more efficiency, and better business results. I am so excited because today we talk all about team operations, what team operations is, and she talks about the six critical aspects of team operations that you need to have in your business so that your teams know how they do work. And how you do work is not an HR issue. It is a fundamental operations issue. So I'm so excited for us to dive in. Leah, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. I'm so excited that we finally are recording and that we finally got to meet. I feel like you are the solution to so many of my clients' problems. I'm so excited. <laughs> Listeners to the show get to hear a little bit about what you do and just hear from you. So thanks so much for coming. Up. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. So let's dive in first with a little bit about your background and a little bit about the work that you do with your clients. So I spent about
0: over a decade actually working in team operations. So I worked at Bank of America, Apple, Microsoft, Google. They're doing program management, driving team operations, figuring out the how work gets done in product and engineering and design teams. And a lot of this was really mapping out systems for tracking deliverables and work items and all these things. But I started to see really early on that when work wasn't getting done, it wasn't like people weren't smart enough or didn't care enough or weren't the right people. It was always that there was some communication issue or someone didn't understand quite clearly enough the expectations or the goals weren't really clear. And I would bring this up often and be like, hey, we got to solve this team thing if we want to get this work done on time or if we want to hit this deadline. And I'd often get feedback like, hey, let's focus on the work stuff first and people's stuff later. Or, oh, you talk about people, like shouldn't you go into HR? And they were like, well, I see this to be how work gets done, frankly. And so I started to do this kind of work in my corporate jobs. I started doing coaching and mentoring and really helping other teams that wasn't even working with running workshops and stuff like that for them to understand how to approach some of these things. But I wanted to do this full time <laughs> and at scale. So I decided to leave that world behind and launched my business over a year ago to be able to support smaller companies, teams that don't have some of the support around manager development, around team operations, around understanding how to simplify the way work gets done so that small businesses can scale as well.
1: Speaking as somebody who's been in HR for a very long time, nothing is more frustrating than when a leader comes to me and says, can you help us fix how we're working together? And I'm like, no, that is your job. Everybody thinks it's like an HR job. And it's like, no, that is not our job. We're not actually qualified to do that because we don't know what the fuck you're even working on? Like, how are we going to solve this problem for you? So there is this gray area, I feel like, and that's where you really come in and shine and thrive is that gray area between the work that needs to happen and the people doing it. And I know for certain that this is going to be an entire function. I think, soon. And kudos to you for being on the forefront of that because it's such a problem. Yeah.
0: You say the word people be like, oh, it must be. I think we now know at work that listening to people, coaching, these things are skills that are just good leadership skills. So this is also what I try to remind managers and business owners of is, hey, you got to invest on some of these wrongly called soft skills because they're hard. But these leadership skills, fold them into how we work so that people understand what's going on in your company, and your team.
1: So often you'll hear and you'll see. HR is not your friend. Don't go to HR. HR is useless. I mean, everywhere. Nobody thinks HR is helpful until they're struggling to work with their team members, right? I think part of it's because we don't do this thing. Team operations is not what we're trained to do. And so what will happen is somebody will come to me. This has happened so many times this year. Like an employee will come to me and they're having an issue. And my response is, have you talked to them? I'm always coaching them to go solve it on their team, on their own as a manager. And I'll be like, have you tried implementing this or that? Have you tried doing this? And I'm like giving them operational suggestions, but often it's not even good suggestions because I don't know what they're working on, especially because I'm a consultant. When I was in house at my last startup, I was in every Slack I sat behind the sales team, like I knew what was going on. And I feel like I'm smart enough about business to be able to help. But oftentimes, like HR is not going to be able to support those things. So what you do is so critical. So a great place that I'd love to start is what advice do you have for somebody listening to the show who's like, how do I even assess if how my team is working together is good? where do I even start with this assessment?
0: Unfortunately, it's looking at where there are inefficiencies or things feel like slower than they need to be, harder than they need to be. I know you do an audit with folks when you get started. I do a really similar thing is like, let's look across these areas that are often or continually sticking points on teams. And these are the six areas that I then focus on when I work with teams specifically. So if you start with onboarding, like where are things confusing? Where do you feel like, hey, it's the end of month one and I didn't get what I wanted to see and that team member are they doing the right thing? So we look at onboarding, priorities, expectations, delegating decisions, work tracking, and then performance. And these are the different areas that I'll ask questions around like, where do you feel like you're repeating yourself a lot? Where do you feel like decisions are being reopened? What do you feel like seems really easy in your mind, but people are just getting stuck around on the team. And this starts to show me where more clarity is really needed, basically. I love to frame it as we want to create more clarity, simplicity, and accountability. That's the goal. Not process for process sake, not complexity, not slowing things down. When we have clarity and simplicity, then we can have accountability, not as blame and punishment, but as people really being proactive and really owning, okay, this is the work that I'm doing. I'm going to come with solutions, not just problems. And that's where we know how to get started is where there's some little inefficiencies and really do you and then your teams feel most frustrated. And then those start to pinpoint exactly where you can start figuring it out.
1: Are there commonalities? I know you work with clients across all different industries, so I imagine the answer is it depends, but I'll have you answer it. Are there common issues that you see come up? Obviously, the new hire onboarding, the setting priorities, like all of those things you talked about, but are there any super common issues or red flag, yellow flags Yeah. Or like, if this is happening, this is probably why.
0: Yeah, so I would say there's so many more similarities than teams or industries <laughs> give themselves credit for because we're talking about people here. And I'm guessing you find the same in your work working across all different kinds of companies is I work with med spas and they have similar issues than a marketing and design company has, right? Because we're dealing with people. And so one of the biggest flags I would say that first business owners and founders can start recognizing is, am I expecting people to read my mind? Am I thinking that, hey, it's really clear to me. I know what it looks like. This is how long it should take. This is what's included in that task. This is when it's done. And starting to get frustrated because it's not happening in the way that you thought it should. So I think that's one that really can happen in any kind of company. This is one of the biggest things that I work to address in teams is that business owner or founder feeling like they're the only person really thinking about growing the business and it creates so much pressure and stress and sleepless nights and vacations where you're glued to your phone and eating lunch at your desk because you're constantly thinking about this and you look at your employees and you're like, they just got a free ride here. Like they come collect a paycheck. I'm making sure that they have a paycheck next month and it can create a lot of stress A little bit of resentment for team members and not even giving your team members credit that like, hey, they could fully be helping grow the business if they knew that was part of your expectations of them.
1: Yeah. Or even how to do it. How do you enroll them and incentivize them to help you and that it is a part of their job? So many things you can do there.
0: Yeah. And this is why I call this trifecta of if you want your team members to help you grow your business, you have to connect the dots between priorities expectations and performance so it's exactly what you just said you have to know here's where we're going here's our goals and they have to be clear measurable they can't just be like save the world so like we're going to double our revenue next year so that's priority and then you say expectations here's how your role connects to that so if you're working on customer service or social media or copywriting or equipment repair whatever it is and then we evaluate people based on that so we say hey given this is the goal that we're moving towards the company the priority These are the expectations of you. Did we hit that? Where are we? And then we measure performance relative to that. But I think where we often fall short, and I know it was a huge issue in the corporate world, I'm seeing it also in small businesses, priorities are very disconnected from individual work. And it's like, we want to do this big, cool thing, My job's over here. I don't really see myself in it. And then I'm just evaluated on, did I finish my homework or not? That's not going to help move the needle on the business.
1: For sure. As you're sharing some of that, I think like, how are there so many successful businesses that are not doing this? I just think of the billions of dollars left on the table of if every business did this, how much more effective they would be like and how much happier their teams would be well
0: exactly and i think that's why we're seeing so much burnout and we're seeing so many businesses that had so much potential after a few years they either close doors the business owner gets burned out or team members are leaving i think we're at this boiling point where people were muscling through it for a while and now we're having a backlash employees are saying like no i'm not going to do this shit anymore Business owners are feeling like, do I want want to to do this anymore? Nobody wants to work. No one wants to do anything. We're having this huge disconnect and you called out how much money is left on the table. I cannot express enough. The question I get so much is, when should I invest in ops and should I? It's hell fucking yes, you should invest in ops and you should always do it earlier than you think because every problem we're talking about this gets so much worse. It gets so much bigger and not to scare you, but it's like, hey, if you have some employees that are like not really working a full day because they don't really know what to do when they finish the one task because you're not tracking work in a clear way, that person's not really like this job, I'm going to leave. So you have a person that's not efficient, then they leave. So you have two problems on your hands that you have a new role to fill. And then you didn't get very much productivity out of that person. If you instead had like, hey, here's how we track work. Here's how we know when something's done. Here's how I recognize and make sure folks feel appreciated. All of those things are solved. They never had to be this big issue. And so the scary what to say the best way to save time and money, most of all, is to figure this out, make it really simple and have it from the beginning.
1: Yeah, there's no wrong time to implement it. Most of my clients are like head counts of at least 10 people, usually like 30, right? Like the clients I work with one-on-one. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs, I get asked to speak at different entrepreneurship events and stuff. And it's oftentimes when somebody is hiring, it's just them. And they're like at max. And they're like, I need to hire some help. And they're told by mentors to hire an assistant. And I am not trying to throw shade at assistants or VAs. Like, I think they're very helpful. But I think the first thing you need to do is set up your operation and figure out how to do work so that you can onboard somebody efficiently. So I guess my question to you is, are there different things that you would recommend if listeners to the show find themselves in either one of those camps? One, I'm just starting to bring on some freelancers and I need some help, or maybe they're on the other camp of, I have a team of 10 people, is there different things you'd recommend each of those do?
0: I think the scale that I would do it at. And so I recommend for any size team to figure out the fundamentals of those six areas I talked about. And that's my signature system that I call the Ops Playbook. And I do. Create the Playbook Plus implementation support. And so I do this for teams with at least three or four employees because, frankly, you don't have any idea how you would be as a manager until you're actually managing people and you realize, oh, shit, this is harder than I thought, which is the context of the show. So once you have a team, you have a few folks, that's where I would really start to map that out because... What we do with the Ops Playbook is figure out what do you want to delegate? How do you know what that is? What is the expectations around that? We talked about onboarding. What are the priorities? What are the expectations? So when you have anybody on your team, you want to have this figured out. Now, for larger business and folks, especially over 10, now you maybe have managers. And so you're managing managers, or maybe that's more when you have closer to 20 or 30, whatever. But as you get bigger, you want to be thinking about, okay, are these systems scalable? So for a company under 10, you might find with something like work tracking. Yeah, it works to do it in a Google sheet or a Trello board or smart sheets. So whatever you're using, but if you get bigger, once you're over 10, you got to be thinking of dependencies, right? And so now you need to figure out how is what I'm doing scaling. And that's where you get so much of that cost savings. So a lot of the work that I do with companies that are larger, that once we have this playbook mapping out, really what are our lightweight processes and kind of ways of operating across those six dimensions when I'm implementing that on the team i am doing a lot of work with those managers because they're going to actually be the ones holding folks accountable. So we have a lot of conversations around building alignment. Like, hey, we don't want to have one manager that doesn't really care if you do this thing and the other one that does. And then you have like, oh, don't go to Sarah.
1: She holds you accountable to shit. Don't go to her.
0: Don't go to her. She's a party popper. So you want to have air cover for teams, especially if your managers are new managers. A lot of times in businesses, we hire folks that maybe they're new to this field or they're new to managing people and how do we make sure they feel supported is make sure that they understand how to be successful, how to hold people accountable, that you're giving them that air cover. So again, that's a lot of what I do with rolling this out with a larger team is making sure that we're not just creating a playbook and no one's following it.
1: Yeah, I also think a playbook like this helps so much too with cross-training, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. So there's a place where you've documented what everybody does, how they do it, what they're accountable for, so that when, I'm gonna say when, because it's gonna happen, somebody on your team leaves and you're trying to get their backfill and you haven't found them before they leave, you have at least, some documentation that you could give to somebody else and be like, hey, I'm going to need you to take this piece on or do this or whatever. Or I just recorded a podcast about this, about when you have to replace somebody But you can't fire them until you know that you have a backfill for them and like confidential searching, which I have so many strong opinions on why it's terrible. The best way to help you so that you don't have to do that is to do cross training so that you can start to have other people pick up some of the slack. And I feel like this is such an understated reason of doing this as well is like the cross training and the ability to cross-train.
0: Absolutely. And in that cross-training, what I love about that is it gets more collective buy-in in in the company. When you feel like I do this task and I don't really know what anybody else does and I don't really care and it doesn't relate to me, you will start to look at it as more transactional, most likely. But when you see, oh my God, we have so much cool stuff going on. This person does this and here's how it relates to my job. And these are ideas that I can share with them. And we start to see ourselves like, this is why the concept of a team is very effective in motivating people because we want to be a part of something. I love it for, yeah, covering for folks, for making sure we're elevating the work across the board. And then really for innovation, because a lot of times really awesome ideas come from the people that aren't as deep into the work. And they can have a fresh perspective on something that when no one knows, about the work happening, it's really hard to do that. The other thing that I do with the playbook and having specifics around everyone's role in growing the business is making this ambiguous thing that's, oh, we all need to grow the business. We have these goals that, again, can feel like, I don't really know how I relate. Itemizing, like spelling out a shared goal in its individual form. Oh, okay So we have a shared goal up here, but this is my piece of it. So I'm not just, oh, someone's taking care of that devil in the revenue thing. I'm just going to go to the Christmas party at the end.
1: It's okay to make those very open in like a dashboard of some sort or something like that that makes these goals and how you're tracking to them visible and that's not to haze people but it's also so many of these individual goals are dependent upon somebody else hitting their individual goal if you can see how things are going overall it goes back to the buy-in piece there's just so many things for sure that helps with the topic of dashboards Are there any recommended tools or systems that you think businesses should have? I'm curious if you have any recommendations that you really think are critical.
0: I would say until you're a certain size, I think really keeping it as simple as you can and so I would say but that does not mean oh writing it on this post-it that's real simple I don't mean that or email so I would say it is to have whatever tech you want to use has to be someplace that we all can see it like you said so there's shared accountability that it's easy so transparency it's easy to change status where are we at with stuff that it's solving enough that we don't have to have a million systems for stuff so that's why work tracking I like that to solve two problems I like to say what's the status of something and then what's the capacity of team members. And so that's going to show us a good amount of things. And then a tool that also like you can use to be having discussions about where things are at. So like a tool falls short or falls flat when we ask people to enter stuff into it and then we never look at it again. And that is a very real problem that many teams have. And we go, oh, we can't use that. It hasn't been updated in weeks. So if you're using Asana or ClickUp or something like that to track tasks, run your weekly standup out of Click up and show it and show like, Hey, we look at this on Mondays. That starts to plant that seed that we're going to come back to this. I guess it would be transparency, simplicity yeah. and accountability. Again, if we don't come back to the tool, if we don't show that we're always looking at it, a lot of times not throwing a shade again, but it's the business owner that actually hates the tool the most. And they're like, Oh, I don't want to look at that. When I worked in design teams, it was the creative director that was like, what? Like we're tracking work stop. And I was like, yeah, we are. Cause we work in a product we're team. Working. We're in a trillion dollar company. So don't sabotage. The fact that I think a lot of times your team members, they want that clarity. They want to see it. They want to show you that they finished something. So if we're like, oh, I don't want to look as such a boring tool. I just want to go do the fun stuff. You're actually inadvertently creating a culture where we don't really know how to demonstrate where we're at with things because it seems like you don't want to be bothered by it.
1: You can't expect people to do something you're unwilling to do. Do you feel like as more millennials and Gen Zs start to be the business owners and start to be the managers, that's going to go away because we've just worked in those environments? I'm curious if you have thoughts on that.
0: I think there's a lot of generalizations about millennials and Gen Z. And I think one really big one is discomfort around feedback and confrontation. And I think a lot of what we're talking about today is a great way to lessen confrontation because you've created clarity. And if you want to prevent things from getting worse and having to have hard conversations as you build that muscle, because we all have to build that muscle when we're working to make sure, hey, I've set expectations. I've done the work to build a relationship with my team. I have some systems in place so that people know how to get their work done, what success looks like. That makes these hard conversations so much easier. So that's where I would say is like the clarity here, it also is a stress reliever and it makes those hard conversations more infrequent. They, someone can still have a strong reaction. Like if you say, hey, we had this plan. It was really important and you didn't deliver on that. When you have to have that hard feedback or if you have to tell someone they're not working out, that's a really hard conversation to have for sure. But if you do what you describe in your 30, 60, 90 onboarding plan, I know you've shared that before. If you've had those conversations, you said the expectations, it makes it a lot easier where you don't feel like I'm going in blind here. What should I say? You've talked about it. You've documented it. You've done so many things that take a little bit of the pressure off that hard conversation
1: yeah for sure yes having systems and stuff like this it makes it objective
0: how feedback should always be about and so this Mm -hmm. is my real life hack for delivering feedback is before we deliver feedback we ask have i set expectations in a lot of times, the answer is not early. I thought I did. So if you're feeling nervous about a feedback conversation, actually have a step zero and go back and set expectations again. Just take that couple days to be like, hey, want to make sure we're on the same page. We had this big client pitch on Friday. We were going to review the presentation Thursday. We're all good here to do that. If you're worried that person's not going to deliver, pre-set expectations again. Or if they didn't deliver and you're going have to have a hard conversation, start that hard conversation with... Hey, we talked about this, we were going to have that pre-review on Thursday, and this was why, so that we could make sure we address all the questions up front. And unfortunately, without the pre-meeting, we got a lot of questions from the client that we weren't able to answer as a result of that XYZ. So then you can use a feedback framework like situation, behavior, impact, my favorite. But you started with the expectations, so they're not like, oh, this person's out to get me, or they think I'm not good enough, or they're picking me apart. No, you talk about the expectation was this Thursday meeting. This is what we're talking about, the lack of this Thursday meeting. It's only about that. It's not about you. Yeah,
1: for sure. And if you have team operations set up, you're likely communicating the objective or whatever multiple different ways so that you can reflect on it. No, I sent you the invite. We talked about it in this tool. Like I told you about it in our one-on-one. There's multiple checkpoints along the way instead of just relying on a voice note on your iPhone. There's no way to know that you are clear. There's so many what ifs that could happen with that. Leah, I was so great to having you on the show. I would love to know selfishly when I'm working with clients that I see are struggling with team operations, how can I send them to you? And if listeners to the show are like, oh, I really need her to come in and help us, tell us how they can work with you.
0: Yes. My Ops Playbook, as I mentioned, is really my signature program that gives you this system for feeling like, okay, everybody's clear and I can be saving time and money every single month and so for business owners we save an average of 30 hours a month right out of the gate because we're making sure meetings are clear people aren't doing duplication of efforts we've talked about onboarding so all of these little adjustments this saves you money immediately and so if you want to learn about the ops playbook head to my website leahgarvin.com that's l-i-a-g-a-r-v-i-n and you can set up a free scale up strategy call where we'll dive into the specifics of your business and give you a few strategies right out of the gate that you can try to see okay so this is going to get me somewhere and then the ops playbook program is i create a team operations playbook for your team and then support you in implementing it for three months so no extra work for you you really get that support you need so that by the end of it everything is there's an owner it's humming along and you're rolling with it
1: the implementation piece is the most important thing
0: yeah exactly otherwise you have some cool ideas that nobody does and that is where my passion is coaching team members i mentioned i train if you have managers that are new training them i create process documentation whatever it is like you can use the implementation however you want so it's really a fun place to dive in Yeah.
1: And I cut you off. You're going to share one other thing.
0: Yeah. One other thing is check out my podcast, Managing Made Simple. I dive into these different dimensions, the ops playbook, feedback. So these fundamentals on really how to be an effective manager that sometimes feel harder than they need to. Sometimes we nailed it in one situation. In the next one, it's, oh, my God, how do I deal with this? So Managing Made Simple is a podcast where I share tools, tips, resources, and stories about how to be a better manager. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much for coming on the show. I know listeners are going to definitely grab a lot of nuggets. And I'm so grateful that we have met and I'm excited to continue our relationship as well.
0: Me too. Thank you again for having me on the show. This was awesome. Awesome.
1: Are you ready to hire a recruiter to help you in your business? Exciting news for you. That can be me and my team. And we believe that the recruiting industry is due for a major upgrade in its recruiting and fee structures. So we have a completely different model than other recruiters out there. We have transparent pricing and transparent fees. Go check out peopleprinciples.co forward slash recruiting for how you can partner with us and let us do the hiring for you.